0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to K-pop Bookshelf Podcast. This podcast is where we will be exploring Korean popular culture through books. I'm the host of this podcast, Mina, and I can't wait to talk about books with you. The book that we are taking down from the bookshelf today is Korea's Online Gaming Empire by Jaoyoung Yongjin. This is another part of our Hallyu Wave season, and just like what we've discussed previously, there are a lot of recurring themes as to why and how Korean culture took over the world. Fair warning that I am not very knowledgeable about games, but we're not going to be having a super in-depth discussion about video games. We are going to talk more about the gaming industry, just like how we spoke about the film and tourism industries in previous episodes. So, this book was published over a decade ago back in 2010 by Zhao Yongjin, who was a professor at Korea Advanced Institute of Science and Technology. He's written many books about Hallyu and various industries, including about idols and films. He is currently a professor at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada. Since this book was written a while back, I'm also going to be using some supplemental material. One of these is an essay by Inkyu Kang called "It All Started with a Bang: The Role of PC Bongs in South Korea's Cybercultures." This essay comes from an anthology book called The Korean Popular Culture Reader and was written in 2013. Dr. Kang is a professor at Penn State Bernd in Erie, Pennsylvania, here in the U.S. And as usual, I'll be using more recent news articles for additional information. Disclaimer that nothing I mention in today's episode is an ad for that product or game. As we do in almost every single episode of this podcast, we need to discuss the 1997 Asian financial crisis, also known as the IMF crisis. Okay, so that was the time when Korea's restructuring its economy every which way it could, and one of the ways it did so was to invest in various industries, including the music, drama, and film industry. So, of course, you guessed it, the government invested in IT, And these investments included both hardware, such as computers and modems and servers, and also internet connection itself. The government also privatized Korea Telecom, known as KT, which is a South Korean telecommunications company. The purpose of them privatizing KT, along with other companies and other industries, was so that the government could hurry up and repay the World Bank bailout after the IMF crisis. Also, as you may recall, after the financial crisis, many people were laid off from their jobs. During this time, some middle-aged men were forced to open small businesses, as we saw in the book, Kim Ji-young, Born 1982, where her father was forced to open a porridge restaurant, which then became some other kind of restaurant and other small businesses. Similarly, PC bongs, which we will talk about in a minute, could be opened as a small business, and according to Dr. Kang, Quote, they already had a guaranteed number of customers, laid off workers in need of cheap entertainment, end quote. Online traders trying to make money through stock trading after the financial crisis also made the popularity of high-speed internet rise in Korea. So we got the IMF crisis out of the way. And now, of course, we have to talk about the Korean government, which influenced so many things at this time. The Korean government invested in broadband internet and a fiber grid way before the U.S. did. The Korean government invested $11 billion in broadband services between the years 1998 and 2002. In 2008, 95% of Korean households had broadband, according to Dr. Jin. In comparison, that percentage was 64% in Japan and 60% in the U.S. at that time. And not only did the Korean government invest in the actual internet connection for its citizens, but they also invested in internet education and IT literacy. Dr. Jin writes, There were training programs for the disabled, housewives, and those in military service. We discussed the problem of internet piracy of films in the Hollywood episode, and this was a problem with console games as well. So consoles are those video game machines like Xbox. A lot of games on PC or consoles were pirated, so Dr. Kong says Korea began to focus on online gaming, and that's what domestic game developers worked on, since they could not be as easily pirated. In the United States, gaming is something that historically was seen as an antisocial activity. It's something that someone does alone in a room by themselves. Much like podcasting, actually. In Korea, PC bongs offer gaming in a social atmosphere, unlike what we typically see in the US or other places in the world. Dr. Kong, who wrote the essay for the Korean Popular Culture Reader, wrote his article, It All Started With the Bang, about PC bongs. So "bang" is spelled like bang when you spell it in Romanized English. So it's a play on words. PC bongs, if you don't know, is a huge room filled with PCs or personal computers. And I'm not talking about like a regular internet cafe you might have used in the mid-2000s to print off your boarding pass or whatever. Some PC bongs are quite luxe, with wide, high-resolution screens, comfortable gaming chairs, and a snack bar. This is a place people spend hours and hours in, sometimes staying overnight. So the word bong in Korean means room, and there was already a bong culture, or room culture, in Korea. Dr. Kang explains, quote, the PC bongs would not have been so successful if it had not been for Korea's unique bong, room, culture. Koreans had long been familiar with socializing for hours in small places like tabang, tea room, manhwa-bang, comics room, nore-bang, karaoke room, and video-bang, video room, to name a few settings before PC-bangs came along with a name with the friendly bang suffix, end quote. PC-bangs became its own cultural phenomenon in Korea, And that's because Korea just never really got into gaming consoles. So again, those are those video game machines you might think of, such as PlayStation and Xbox, the way that other countries did. According to Dr. Kang, the one console that really took off, at least as of 2013, when the essay was written, was the Nintendo DS, which is a handheld gaming device. Although the government really encouraged the adoption of broadband internet throughout the country in the late 90s, Some people were not so sure yet that it was worth the additional cost to have home internet. This was back at a time where people were definitely not using the internet that we do today, which is every second, every minute, all the time. According to Dr. Kong, PC bongs came about as a way to demonstrate high-speed internet to those who might've been skeptical about its value. To use a PC bong, you pay by the hour to hang out and the rates are so cheap, like we're talking sometimes 50 cents US an hour. You can order food and snacks there. You can almost live there because they are open 24 hours a day, usually. It also doesn't hurt that popular games are already preloaded onto the PC bong computers, so you don't have to buy and own the games yourself. Dr. Khan goes into the social aspects of the PC bong. And so the PC Bung is described as this place where people go in groups of friends a lot of the time. Sometimes you go there looking for a hookup or a love connection, sort of like an augmented online dating. Cause if someone swipes right on you and then you like start messaging and they're like, Hey, I'm at such and such PC Bung. I'm in chair 27 or whatever. You can go find them, maybe walk by them and be like, Oh yeah, I like chair 27. That guy looks good or that girl looks good or that non-binary person looks good. And can meet up with them. Dr. Kong writes, quote, many PC bongs have love seat stations with two computers and a bench for couples, end quote. PC bongs were also really popular because they were a place for people to hang out with their friends and significant others in a socially acceptable way without their parents or other adults, teachers, bosses, older siblings, spouses, whoever, watching them. That made PC bongs a really popular place to hang out in a relatively conservative society such as Korea, according to Dr. Kong. In 2016, the U.S. comedian and talk show host Conan O'Brien visited Korea, and one of the things he did was hang out in a PC bong. I'll have a link to the clip on my blog, and you may have seen part of it on my Instagram stories. You should definitely also just check out Conan Goes to Korea because that's a really hilarious series of clips. A website called Study Breaks wrote, video games are increasingly developed with PC-bong culture in mind, end quote. So to go back for a second to computers versus console gaming, Dr. Kang has a rationale as to why computer gaming was more popular in Korea than console gaming. He writes, quote, unlike PCs, game consoles were explicitly game machines. The contrasting attitudes towards game consoles and computers have led PCs to become the dominant game platform in Korea, end quote. So remember, we were just talking about how some people weren't really sure whether home internet would be worth it. Many Korean parents were eventually sold on the idea of having computers and home internet because they thought it would give their children a leg up when it came to education, especially English language learning. Dr. Kang writes, quote, the computer was also perceived as a high-tech tool from the West, easily associated by Koreans with English. Most PC manufacturers used English as a marketing tool from the beginning, end quote. This contrasts with Japan. Yes, we cannot ignore Japan when we are talking about the Hallyu wave. Japan saw computers as what Dr. Khan calls business machines. In the eyes of Japanese parents, a computer wasn't something you would buy for your home or for your kid, like some kind of toy, because a computer was something that was for the office. But again, Korea saw personal computers as an education machine, not necessarily a business machine that the way Japan saw it. Aside from either computers or consoles, mobile gaming on your phone is extremely popular, and these were the top selling form of gaming in Korea in 2020. If you thought we were done talking about Japan, we are not. As you know, Japan and video games are practically synonymous. In the 1980s and 1990s, Japan dominated the game console market by selling Nintendo and Sega consoles. But these goods and all Japanese imports were banned in Korea during this time, so that domestically made products could flourish. We've discussed in other episodes that some Korean people cannot easily forgive Japan for historical problems and were rather nationalistic due to all the historical strife they had been through as a people. So that's on top of the government just outright banning Japanese goods and imports. But even after that ban was lifted in 1998, Dr. Kong says that there was not really a big rush to buy a bunch of gaming consoles. Nintendo, of course, had to market themselves in Korea, so their effort to do so was to make console versions of popular online games such as Cart Rider and MapleStory. Nintendo also partnered with a Korean domestic company called Nexon so that consumers would look past their issues with Japan and buy their products. So what about the Hallyu wave of gaming? Well, Korea's video game exports jumped in 2020 to $8.2 billion. A Korea Herald article from that year stated, quote, The South Korean game industry propelled the nation's content exports last year, clocking $6.9 billion, that's in 2019, more than 10 times that of the music industry's $640 million, according to a report released by the Ministry of Culture and Korea Creative Content Agency, end quote. It also said, quote, in terms of content, K-pop and movies take the spotlight, but on a closer look, it's games that are driving Korea's content exports, said Wee Jeong-yun, a professor of business administration at Chung-Ang University and head of the Korea Game Society, end quote. I'm including that information for you because I know nothing about gaming, so I had to try and understand all this from a K-pop point of view. Basically, while we were all talking about, you know, BTS, Squid Game, whatever, people were buying Korean games more than any other Korean content. Ironically, however, within Korea itself, some of the most popular games aren't even those that were made in Korea, but rather foreign games. Which brings us to StarCraft. StarCraft is a video game. Though not a Korean made game, it's one of the biggest breakthrough gaming hits, if you will. According to Dr. Kong, what turned online gaming into, quote, a cultural phenomenon was StarCraft, end quote. He also writes, quote, even books such as StarCraft English were published to help gamers develop language skills while destroying enemies by teaching phrases like, wanna turn up the heat, end quote. That's a quote from StarCraft. I had to look that up. Dr. Kong writes, quote, it is not just a game, it's a national sport played by five million people, end quote. Dr. Jin wrote about how StarCraft contributed to the growth of both broadband internet and internet cafes in Korea in the late 90s. Again, I have to relate all of this back to what I know, which is K-pop, K-dramas, actors, that kind of thing. So I was happy to find out that there is a gaming fandom and gaming celebrities. So gaming in Korea is a very big deal. Just like sports have professional leagues and cable channels dedicated to them, there are professional gaming leagues and channels for gaming tournaments in Korea. Professional competitive gaming is called esports, and Dr. Jin mentions that Korea hosted the first World Cyber Games in 2001. So Korea has been part of this from the beginning. They are basically early adopters in the world of gaming and esports. Korea performs very well in esports along with China. And Korean domination in this realm is at least partially credited to the PC Bang culture. Remember, you can play games that you didn't buy for hours on end for really cheap. And that's a lot of practice time for these esports athletes. Pro gaming is considered a serious and very aspirational profession in Korea, which I don't think is necessarily the perception here in the States, at least among non-gamers. One of the books mentions that pro gamers enjoy a sort of idol-like status, and a lot of them who are men will date supermodels and things like that. Dr. Kim discusses a professional player, Im Yo-Hwan, aka Boxer, that's his gaming handle, who was a famous StarCraft player who commanded a large salary and had almost half a million fans in his official fandom. I posted a little video of a commercial he did with Girls' Generation selling an Intel product. Professional gamers can get major corporate sponsorship deals like this, such as this Intel sponsorship he had, and he also had one with LG. One thing that does get in the way, though, of a pro gamer's career, if they're a man, is the mandatory military service that all Korean men are subjected to. Boxer was conscripted into the Air Force, but he was able to continue his career after discharge. Another famous player is a League of Legends athlete named Yi Sang-hyuk, also known as Faker he plays for the league T1. He is considered the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and he has played League of Legends with BTS, and other celebrities are a huge fan of him. Quote, at only 25, Lee makes around $5 million every year from endorsement and merchandise deals, and is expected to have made around $1 million in prize money so far. End quote. Major gaming tournaments are now even televised on ESPN and other major networks, so it's not just a Korea thing, it's now going majorly, majorly global. Despite the glitz and glam of pro gaming, there are, as with everything, downsides to gaming culture. One of the very real problems is internet addiction. Some Koreans, and I'm sure this exists in every country, require professional help to deal with their gaming wan Ro, a psychiatrist at Seoul's Hanyang University, was interviewed by NPR in 2019, where he said, quote, Here I see dramatic cases of both adolescents and adults come to seek professional help because they started to have serious problems in their health, relationship with their family, or studies at school from game addiction. Some students will refuse to go to school or even inflict physical force on their parents, end quote. There also used to be something called the shutdown law that was implemented back in 2011 to prevent young children under the age of 16 from playing video games after midnight until 6am. This was because this was a very real problem with young people who need sleep for their biological development, just as we all need sleep, who were compulsively playing video games almost up until the time they had to leave for school. This law was recently abolished in 2021. Another downside is online abuse. Female gamers have complained about harassment in an article about a young pro Overwatch gamer called Gaguri, real name Kim se published in ESPN, the writer Mina Kimes says, quote, Every female gamer I meet in Korea tells me she has been harassed, typically with profane sexual insults, while competing. Many have also faced accusations of cheating, a trend rooted in the fake geek girl meme, which is born of the paranoia that women with traditionally male interests are lying to attract attention, end quote. The young gamer known as Gegory, was also accused of cheating. The whole story is both fascinating and disheartening. I won't dwell on it here, but you can check out the link for the article if you're interested. Aside from harassment towards other genders, online gaming generally has problems with people spreading racial abuse at each other. This is done through the chat functions, which is used to communicate with other players while online gaming. An article from 2020 in Good Morning America stated, quote, In response to reports by Reddit and The Washington Post, Infinity Ward, the company which first developed Call of Duty, tweeted an apology to users in June, in which it claimed it was banning thousands per day for their racist and hate-oriented player names, and were implementing tools to better monitor this type of treatment as well as make it easier to report such instances." While, of course, some of this type of abuse sometimes comes from Korean players, since there are abusive people in all cultures, Korean players also face racist abuse from those outside of Korea. Lee also known in gaming as Fearless, a professional Overwatch player, spoke out last year about hate he experienced here in the U.S. The article says, quote, Being Asian here is terrifying, seriously, he said in comments translated from Korean. People keep trying to pick fights with us. Every time they see me, it's like Americans will come up to us and there's even people who cough on us. It's my first time ever experiencing racism, and it's always, it's pretty severe, and they try to scare us. Lots of them just try to scare us, end quote. Just a reminder to you all, although I doubt this applies to any of my listeners, to stop all forms of hatred, whether online or anywhere. What's the future of gaming in Korea? Well, the pandemic was something of an unexpected boon to online gaming culture, as you might imagine, though earnings have started to go down for Korean game companies last year. Foreign investment is continuing in the Korean gaming sector, with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia investing in Korean game company NCSoft, maker of the mobile game Lineage. Major Korean gaming companies such as Netmarble are trying to create games using NFTs and the metaverse. Don't ask me what any of that means because I don't know. All right, so next we're going to listen to a little discussion about gaming between me and my brother, whose gaming handle is K-Missile. K-Missile is not a professional gamer, but he competes in video game tournaments from time to time. At least he did before the pandemic. Let's take a listen. Okay, so now we're going to talk to someone who knows much more about video gaming than me, my brother, avid gamer K. Missile. K. Missile, please introduce yourself.
1: Oh, uh, n- not much to say. I've been playing a lot of games uh, for a while. Uh,
0: like how long? Tell everyone how long.
1: Probably, I-, I would like to say 30 years or so. Um, <laughs> so it's, well, it's, it's fine. It's fine. No, I'm, I'm
0: laughing because you're aging me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely am aging you, so... Yeah, thirty years. Uh, the first Nintendo. I think you, uh, I played on my sister's Nintendo. She was the one who first got one. It's about it's about thirty years. So it's not too long ago. <laughs> Remember when the the nineties were like last year? They're not really I know. last year anymore.
0: Just a couple years ago, really.
1: So yes, uh, my my specialty uh, uh, is uh, fighting games generally. Uh, I play first person shooters a lot, and I just casually dabble in the MMO stuff because some of my coworkers really like it so but it's fun to do as long as the game play is interesting to me i will play it
0: okay and can you explain what's an mmo what, whatever you just said what is
1: that well M- mmo is a acronym right so it's massively and then multiplayer and then online Okay. right okay so it's a game where a lot of people play at the same time nice. massive equals a lot right and online everyone's online
0: true okay Okay, and just to let everyone know, by the way, K Missile is not what our mother named you. Um, that's this is your video gaming handle, right? Can you can you explain the culture of these fun names and nicknames in gaming?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's just an intrinsic thing. I mean, like when you got AOL, did you sign in with your regular AOL? Okay, name?
0: again with the aging us. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Man, I'm you're I'm so just... old. No, when we uh, were okay, doing so, so what's TikTok, the,
1: what's, what's the recent TikTok? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Everybody <laughs> wants to have a moniker. Everybody likes to have an alias. That's a big identity thing. I guess as far as, I, I'm always like, gaming became a bit of a culture, so like people will identify with certain characters and certain things, and so players will name themselves after certain, uh, Like they'll just name themselves what they like. I mean, I just picked K-Missile. Honestly, the original name, full disclosure, was Drunk Missile, and it's not because I drink at all, it's because there's this video game, it's a first-person shooter called Rise of the Triad. And there's a weapon called a drunk missile, and I thought it was the coolest weapon ever because if you fire the missile, it just flies all over the place, and then it splits, and then it takes out a bunch That's of. That's what enemies. makes it drunk. Yeah.
0: It like just flies everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's literally a drunk missile. It's very cool, and they don't really make. There haven't hasn't been a gun like that in a while in a in a, a first person shooter, which is a you know a shooter where you like
0: Call of Duty, right.
1: Like Call of Duty, yeah, it's first person because you just see the hand and the gun, and so that's you, right? Uh, okay. So you're the first person. By
0: the way, I'm not playing dumb. I really know nothing about video games at all. But as you, can no, see- I know.
1: <laughs> I, I I'm I'm aware. I'm here to I'm here to let you know as much as I can.
0: Awesome. Um, and I wanted to also point out that you have yourself um, participated in game tournaments and gaming tournaments. Can you tell me a little bit about gaming tournaments culture or like what it's like or anything you want to say about that?
1: Um, they've been something I've been wanting to get into since I was, I want to say, 13, 14, 15. So the internet around then was pretty popular, and there are gaming websites that would talk about these fighting game tournaments and how big they are. Like, uh, I know this is a Korean podcast, but I want to talk about Japan, um, and it'll relate to Korean a bit. Yeah, so, j- so there used to be this uh, Japanese tournament in the 90s called Super Battle Opera. It's literally called Super Battle Opera, and it's this very big, giant, like, pyrotechnics would come out, and it would be this big Japanese Wait, like, on
0: stage? Or like on stage. Oh.
1: On stage. Like, you know, Iron, have you ever, so, I'm gonna date us again, have you seen Iron Chef?
0: Oh, yeah, Iron Chef.
1: Here, yeah, yeah, so it's, like, big, very melodramatic entrances as they come in. And I believe SBF 2000, 2001, it was the first time that an American team came out to play them in Street Fighter. I believe they lost, but like, it was a bit, very big, interesting thing. So I was just very intrigued by it, and I wanted to get into it, and I really like fighting games like Street Fighter and Tekken. Yeah, so Tekken was a very big deal about it, and this kind of where the Korean connection comes in. So like, around 2003, 2005, um, the area in which we're from was very big into Tekken, and uh, there was like a big, like the big gaming sites at the time are like GameSpot.com. So if anybody has been around, played video games, then the, the GameSpot is still around. But they did an article just on the Tekken fighting game scene, right? So they came to our area, to our arcade, and like it, like look at the players, the, the cadence of the players and how like hype they would be. And so I wanted to be a part of that. But I was like 14, 15 but it was so so it just made it feel like it was possible to enter these and like have these become a big thing Mm -hmm. our area is very strong was had a very strong tekken scene so that was inspiration especially because i always heard even in high school i'd be like i want to compete in tekken and then my korean friend is like yeah good luck because all the korean people will kill you they're like monsters in that game just to drop some dates it was around 2003 2002 all, like gaming tournaments weren't really a thing in the Zeke guys when it came to America. In Korea, this is already happening. I've heard, like, even then, I've heard about how strong they were in a game called StarCraft, which is a another kind of game. But they treat it like football. Is StarCraft
0: and Tekken similar or not really? They're,
1: they're as different as you can get. One is about controlling military armies. Um, and that's StarCraft? Yes. Yeah. Star- StarCraft's uh, whole deal is like, what if we made, like, the movie Aliens and, like, Predator into a game where it's like armies of them fighting each other. So you like take your mouse and you drag over a whole army and send them to fight the other army. That's Starcraft.
0: Oh. Okay. And
1: then Tekken is a one-on-one fighting game, like a martial arts tournament. Like you know, you you there's a Bruce Lee analog character you can play as who does all the so
0: like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Is that right? Y- yes. Okay. Those, are, those are my last played video games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, but like Tekken is way cooler because presentation-wise, I'm very big on bombast and like style stylization. So Tekken has like a lot of amazing like trance music and like uh the- all the hits are very like movie-like. The round like the damage is really really high, so like anytime you and the other person get into a tussle like whoever wins that, I guess rock paper scissors situation, a lot of stuff happens. So it's very big and fun game and it's very very popular throughout the world like much less korea but yeah again this is during the time so it wasn't a big thing and even though like a lot of people like it felt weird to be like well i'm really getting excited about this niche when it comes to because like back in the day like big gaming tournaments are like madden like john madden oh like football stuff yeah Yeah. american american football football. those are the big things those are the things that would get called as these madden tournaments but in the rest of the world people were playing starcraft and um tekken because street fighter there wasn't a new street fighter game in the 2000s era until 2009 so until that time it was really a lot of tekken um and smaller fighting games which are not really worth bringing up But that being said, since Tekken was the biggest game, Korea was known as the biggest player in that. And as the years go by, what really inspired me to really get into that fighting game tournament scene is because uh, there was a big tournament they have in Vegas called Evo 2000 or just Evo whatever. So it's like happens in Las Vegas. Everybody from across the world goes there. Koreans definitely show up there and like win but there were some times when americans would start being considered as good as the koreans where like there's an american player from texas who won completely won evo and um he won he, he won there and also one of our guys from our area where i'm from they would they have won an evo before and they have so so that's a lot of inspiration to me getting in because i'd like to compete on a world stage and a big giant epic thing so that's how i got into it and since then Later 2000s, I actually did go to Vegas once. I went to one of the EVOS just to play in it, and it was a good experience. Very big venue. It was at Caesar's Palace. It's almost like I don't know. It gets similar to like a K-pop concert, I guess, in a sense that it's very, very big <laughs> presentation. How would you is... know?
0: I mean, what K-pop concerts are you going I'm to? I'm not happen? going
1: to any K-pop concerts, but like I just, I just see, I see what they do. It's like a big event. Uh-huh. It's a big event, and there's a lot of things going on uh it's
0: like KCon. it sounds like like a convention it's a it's a
1: half convention center and evo at certain times would split themselves into becoming a convention to appeal to people because fighting game tournaments are hard they're very brutal you lose they sound long they could definitely be long depending on the game so you definitely have to have endurance and you know it's it's still more niche because it's not like you make as much money in a fighting game tournament as you would in other video games that are also popular
0: and what are some other popular video game that do tournament style league
1: like. of legends is the big league one. of
0: legends i hear that's like a big in korea gamer
1: it is a big it is a, big, it's a huge uh big in korea game oh. right games so much so the, the company that makes that game invented a k-pop group an in-universe k-pop group i think it's like called k slash da or something but it's like oh. but yeah they're like characters in the game but they have actual k-pop songs and there were like concerts in korea where they would have those
0: it's like Hatsune Miku, or is it not? Is
1: it? Uh, no, Hatsune Miku is like more surreal. I mean, the case. I don't know too much about them because I thought it was, I don't know. I don't like League of Legends. The way those games are structured is that you're on a team and all the roles have a job to do. And as long as you do that one job, you're okay. Also, their community is known. There's a lot of toxicity in gaming.
0: I saw that on Conan, the clip of Conan at the PC bong, and uh, he wants to t- insult the people or, like, the guy's like, we can insult people playing the game. So he, he's like, what kind of insults are there? And he's like, they talk about your family a lot. Like, this is, again, in Korea. No,
1: this is America. This is America, too. The only, <laughs> the only difference between, uh, I don't know, I'd say it's the same in Korea, but, like, another added cherry on top of the American is just, like, straight up racism. And uh, oh. words get thrown real. Is that hard. only
0: in America? I doubt it's only. In oh, America. it's not.
1: It's certainly not only in America. Gaming is one thing where you can communicate with people from different parts of the whole world. And you get to be uh, get racial slurred against by those same people.
0: So it's and that's both in like this little chat function I've seen in the side as well as like on a mic, right? So Well, you can hear their voices. Yes. Or...
1: So so nowadays it's a lot of it is mics. Everybody usually has a mic. Back in two thousand era, there was a lot of mean typing and Counter Strike. But during Call of Duty, like the Xbox, like I like to say that the two thousand like five to two thousand thirteen era was a lot of Xbox Live. You get online, and there's usually mic supported, and it's just usually on, and so Call of Duty and, like, Halo and, like, all these first-person shooter games are notorious for, like, 13-year-old kids screaming the N-word at you
0: oh no <laughs> that sounds terrible
1: it is it's always been a thing it's just kind of a thing that you would tank um it's getting better because uh you know social media is a double-edged sword right so yeah because
0: call of duty had, uh riot games i think made call of duty if i'm no correct. Uh,
1: and... activision oh. <laughs> it's okay activision blizzard made call of duty riot games made league of legends they made a new game that's also a first-person shooter called valorant and there was a riot twitter account who was like a...
0: infinity ward sorry infinity ward made yes. call of duty and they tweeted an apology last year or sorry in 2020 yeah um to ban people with like racist gaming handles and yeah um trying to like get better with monitoring that it's stuff. like
1: 20 years in the making so like um po- there is some positive things of like the twitter space i mean they're like a riot employee who was trying to play valorant she was getting a lot of gendered insults towards her and she's like a developer the The toxic part is just a lot. It's just a very loud part.
0: Okay, and then I wanted to just tell the story, even though you've never been to Korea, um, because I was thinking about the Conan PC right. bong thing. Um, so are PC are there PC bongs in America? They're the, they're generally
1: generally called land centers. So the concept of a land center has has is. L-A-N. Yeah, L A N is L-A-N, like the internet. It's very old. They've been around since, I want to say, 1996. The first game to ever really like bring that was uh, a game that was developed in Dallas, Texas. It's called Quake. One of the many first-person shooters that first came out. And so people would bring their giant p- computers to these to like a convention center because the company that made Quake uh, would make it this event called QuakeCon, which I've also been to. I've also been to a QuakeCon. It's this giant convention center with people just bringing their whole PCs and having Quake tournaments.
0: They brought their PCs. Yep,
1: they carried their big giant. Ta- no, it's it, it, what you're imagining is exactly what you're imagining.
0: <laughs> well, I'm imagining those like internet photos that almost become memes, or like it's someone at Starbucks with like their whole like entire yes. personal computer or like giant monitor yes. with them at the absolutely.
1: Starbucks. Yeah, oh, it's it's wow. very wild. Okay. So, like, because of that, I like to think that kind of sparked the whole concept of like having a a place where you can have a, bu- a line of computers just end to end on a table a lot of people playing whatever they feel like so it's like the internet cafe land center sort of thing so pc bong is a v- big evolution of that like in some of them are as co- like pc bong is very cozy right like you get to sit there and they just bring you food and you get unlimited drinks and you just kind of chill and linear blankie blanky and play whatever mmo or yeah. whatever game you're playing
0: it does sound really cozy
1: so in japan i've been to a uh, place where it was like the same sort of thing like for an hour you just pay and then
0: okay but tell this story where i literally thought you were going to get murdered because we went to Japan, and you met up with some dude on the internet who is a See, see, a that's another thing
1: why games are awesome, because you get to meet all these people. Even before then, I knew him. He's a Japanese player, a fighting game player. And he goes by Red Snow, which is Japanese, like, Japanese name of that is Koshin. We uh-huh. talked to him through the internet, and he we learned a lot about fighting games from him. So when we got to go to Japan, I'm like, I am going to meet this guy. And he was... Yeah, we met we him, met him a at a train station. station. He's very, very shy. So that
0: no, but the way you guys were talking,
1: he got lost.
0: He got lost. We didn't know where we were going. He didn't know where he was going because he's not from Tokyo. Yeah, so he came he's in from, from...
1: Saitama. Yeah. Oh,
0: Saitama. Okay. And then we like it was nighttime. We were walking, and I was like, "I'm coming with you in case you die, and then I'll know where you're at at least." Yeah. And he and then you guys went right. to this really cute. Like, actually, I kind of wanted to go sort of, but then I was like, this is going to be boring for me because I don't play video games. But it was like a little living room. There was like a 1980s yeah. living room with like a box TV and like cushions yep. on the floor. And they were going to bring you guys snacks and stuff. Tell, tell me about
1: that. Yeah, like you get like uh, as much melon soda you can possibly drink. And I made use of that. Uh, we went downstairs. There was these like school children who were playing like these Nintendo games on, on TVs. And we had the only big tube, big fat-backed tube CRT, and we just played, like, old NES fighting games on it, and it was a lot of fun.
0: But that's not, like, a PC bong. It has the same
1: energy as a PC bong. It's just a gaming center. And it just, you know, just caters to the kind of games that they play to the point where, like, the games that they play are designed to be PC bongable, I guess. Right.
0: Yeah. I've actually um, was reading some website where they were talking about like more and more video game designers are designing games to be like optimized playing in being played or what am I trying to say? Yeah. Optimize the playing in a PC bong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a natural evolution. Right. Because before PC bangs and before land centers and before gaming centers, there was the arcade. Right. So arcades are, were very old. You want to talk about dating. There are these very old areas where they, you know, they could be inside of a mall, which don't exist anymore. Right. <laughs> and it would be these big giant ga- arcade machines, right? Like we're all fighting games, racing games, like where you could drive full on racing games. And like for tokens, like you had to put in these little, you put in a dollar in the token machine. It spits out f- 10 tokens that you. you spend those tokens on the arcade. And like back in the day, japanese developers would be developing those games to be incredibly hard and they did that so they would eat more of your money so it's not it's not so in in relation to that so like so so korean games since you know the korean podcast you should probably talk about korean games but like so 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 mmo so the massively multiplayer online korean rpgs those are spent to make you sit there and just like Get you on the cusp of frustration, but to, like, annoy you enough to make you start paying for microtransactions, for, like, boosts to make things, like, faster, or costumes, p- pieces, things like that. So, it's it's just kind of the same energy as, like, arcades used to be back in the, de- just back in the day. Just kind of
0: virtually making you, you know, go get more tokens.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, that's their way. Because the thing is, so the, so the thing about the Korean video games, the games that people play in PC Bong, they're free to play. Yes right yeah so free to
0: preloaded on the computers. is what i read
1: yeah they're usually preloaded on the computer they don't take much they're free to play and some people even prefer that like i'd rather have it be free to play and then i'll just buy all the stuff that i want all a cart inside the game itself right it's so almost you have like, like that a, mentality an account,
0: you're like k-missile and you buy all the stuff yeah. that's associated with your k-missile account and your character yeah assets, you can, uh, whatever you you can take
1: yeah, your character gets whatever you want. And you can take it to whatever computer because all those free-to-play games are account-based, right? So I could come home to my own personal computer and load it in. I'll have that same account with all my same stuff.
0: Okay.
1: Um, before that, the the MMO model was a monthly subscription fee. So World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV does this is where you every single month you pay like thirty bucks, and when you do that, you get a lot of like things to do with that. Most people. Are like motivated to just say screw it. I have money. I'll just pay the money. I I work. I can afford it. And then I you know I have the uh. So these are like that...
0: weapons and like outfit uh, modifications, or what else is there? I don't even know.
1: Like w- ways to level up faster because the oh. way you progress in those games is levels. So when you start, I start at level one, but then it's like and as you get stronger, that's how that the levels are there to denote how strong you are to take on certain activities in the game. So, like, there'll be a dungeon, like, oh, I can't go into this cave. You need to be a level 30 person to be able to go in there. So, that's the thing. So, if you, like, are a premium member and you, like, pay the money, then you can get, you can rise in levels faster than someone who did not pay that money to get to that point.
0: Okay. And can you tell me about pro gamers? Because I know they're, like, a big deal in Korea. I think other countries, some of my Instagram followers are telling me, like, China has a lot of uh gaming celebrities what what about the like fame or pro gamer league gamers
1: well uh it's it's just people who want to like take that game and and be a professional at it for whatever reason it's like trying to treat it with the same mentality as football or soccer and uh
0: I just thought it was interesting. There's even like fandoms, and it almost seems K-poppy in a way. They're like idols in a way.
1: Yeah, well, Korea definitely treats it. In America, we don't care. Well, it's different. So like, uh, you have it's kind of weird because it used to be that the quote-unquote esports internet celebrity or whatever had to be good at the game. Um,
0: (laughs) and now they don't they can just be like what not pretty well
1: so there's there's a website called twitch that's a thing Uh, yeah yeah, you you definitely don't have to be good you just have to like have a personality or like you need to be like then in that case or be definitely if yeah like if if you want to be really good at twitch as a girl like um, or a
0: guy probably
1: uh depending because there's some grotesque looking guys who are very very (laughs) popular on Twitch they just have like stupid opinions and then they're like I agree with those opinions so that's like you know Twitch people will watch other people play video games and it's something I don't really get and I don't yeah, care about either. because I just want to play that I just want to play the game like why do I need to watch this idiot play I don't care but it's like
0: their commentaries can be their commentary or just whatever they're doing uh, or saying while they play can be more interesting
1: well we you know it's an era of more isolation so people almost like consider these people as their friends it's like the concept of a parasocial relationship so like the streamer doesn't know who you are oh, man. but you know who they are so it's almost like oh, oh like and then so streamers can be so candid and talk about their own lives then you know and and korea is definitely one of the four i mean korea does it with food like you've heard of the mukbang right, right? Yeah, mukbang. like it's just people eating garbage and like maybe laughing or crying and people will watch a ton of that <laughs>
0: Not me, though. So, I don't see the appeal. But anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: we're old. That's why.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right. So you were really hype a few weeks ago about the game A Lost Ark, which is a Korean game. Is that right?
1: Yes. Can you um, tell me I that? was exci- Yeah. So Korean. I hate Korean games mostly because they're boring. Because um, you don't like the MMO,
0: it's, whatever it's called.
1: I don't really like MMOs in general because a lot of the time in MMOs, when you start them, you're just in this dumb village and you're some guy and you're like, you talk to some non-player character or an npc and the npc is like hey uh we need you to go get go grab this fruit and then you're like okay and then you go out and then you pick the fruit from a tree and bring it back and then you get you know currency and level up stuff and then you just do these same inane tasks like kill five goat monsters
0: is lost ark like that
1: yes but the difference between lost ark is that lost ark goes a lot faster it feels like i come i come in from the arcade culture right i like fighting games i like games that are fast Games that are, like, going in real time, you don't, like, t- like. like, so the difference between Lost Ark is that everything happens in a re- very real time, and the characters you play in Lost Ark are not the same kind of attitude that, like, another MMORPG would have you do. Like, the characters in Lost Ark, like, you have to dodge, you have to actively hit buttons to, like, dodge or go, like, teleport around. Like, the character I play is a bard, and the bard usually is just plays music on their little harp, and then everybody gets more health or attack, because of the Lost Ark version of the bard will actually zip around like some sort of weird crazy ninja with her harp, and then whenever she plays a song, like, a nuke goes off in the middle of the screen, and, like everything explodes or she makes this giant huge shield and then everybody else in the game is like oh my god thank god you're here because i would have gotten killed if this big giant shield didn't like let me take all these hits
0: and this is a korean mmo but it's one that you like and
1: probably the only one that i like yeah
0: and a lot of the games you were talking about like tekken and stuff those are not actually like made in korea games but lost ark is
1: lost ark is one of the few that is really like yeah there's a lot of good stuff. Also, a lot of the nice things about Lost Ark is they kind of respect your time. Like, every single day you can log in and do, like, three things. And if you do those three things, you'll build, you'll get materials you want and, like, things that you'll need. So it's
0: not as laborious, task-based stuff as, like, some other MMOs. Is that yeah. Right?
1: so i i'm a person that likes to play the game and i I, in my opinion from how i see like faker or whatever all these other players they just want to so you don't have a you're not a fan
0: of any of these like pro gamers or anything like that
1: the the culture that surrounds it has always been something that's been annoying to me and i'm like totally but on the same token like i respect it um and so like there's a lot of room where you don't have to be that but me i always just wanted to win the tournament right and i have medals
0: congrats i have
1: i've never gotten number one Congratulations. though Congratulations! So that is you played Koshin
0: I, though and you're his fan yeah apparently
1: yeah we're all fans of each other and i learned a lot
0: also by the way i should apologize to Koshin because he was not a murderer and uh very nice guy
1: he was i uh, know i i i'm very much alive uh i'm proof of that he's a nice
0: guy he's a nice guy
1: so, very nice very nice guy i learned a lot from him and i took that knowledge he gave me and there's a big tournament that that's that's my thing my definition my, all i care about is wanting to get better and i like to fight and i like to play the game so if the, if the gameplay is good i will be 100 percent about it and fighting games are the best because it's like they have the fun gameplay
0: okay and would you want to play uh koreans like you want to go to korea and go to like pc bong challenge a bunch of people yes some... oh gosh you might I mean, actually die there yeah For real
1: <laughs> well there is a story of some of china they're they're so stabbings have happened
0: Oh no before, <laughs> oh, no, no, no no
1: no That's China that's China and and to be fair <laughs> to be fair that only happened because that person was surprised because the first player was angry and he said a bunch of stiff, scared the other player, and so the other player didn't know what to do, so he, so he so then did violent. a stabbing?
0: Oh no. He did Guys, a stabbing. No violence. Violence is not good. No violence is not the answer. Uh,
1: there's a this legendary arcade in uh, Korea called Green Arcade that's not around anymore. And it was always set like, it was very amazing, like, experience, because, like, apparently that arcade, like, the people, so Korean players used to win at Tekken all the time, and the Korean players that won at Tekken were always from Green Arcade, and they would bring back those trophies, medals, you know, belts, you know, whatever. They would bring them back to Green Arcade, and Green Arcade would display them. So.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. It's very, very epic. So it's a real shame that that arcade closed. COVID happened, so... But just recently, like Koreans have been making a big deal of like having offline play. There, there's a special kind of energy that offline play has.
0: Yeah, I get that. It's like at a being at a k-pop concert or something. It's different than just yeah, like, watching it at home. Okay, well, you've shared so much about gaming, um, and I've learned a lot just in this conversation that I've never had with you before because I don't care about gaming that much, but... Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> hopefully, we can take our video game show on the road to Korea one day since we already went to Japan, and hopefully you win first place sometime soon and a big trophy. Thank you so much, though, for sharing this information with us and for being on the sure. podcast. Thanks
1: for having me on.
0: Everyone check out K Missile at a tournament near you. Yeah,
1: that's where you're only going to find me because I don't care about social media stuff.
0: In conclusion, there is a ton more we could say about gaming, but I just wanted to introduce you all to something outside of the usual dramas and Korean music we talk about here. If you are interested in Korean gaming culture, I do recommend both the essay called It All Started With the Bang by In Q Kang about PC bangs, which I got from the book The Korean Popular Culture Reader, and the book Korea's Online Gaming Empire by Da Yongjin. jin We have just one more episode left about the Hallyu Wave, in addition to the other episodes we made this season, so make sure you don't miss out on any of those. Special thanks to Ao for designing the blog. Special thanks to K Missile for his feedback. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend about this podcast. Okay.